Happy New Year. Welcome to the first Friday's podcast, the very first ever, with your host, Yagira Ali Don. And today I'm joined by my very first guest ever, is Brittany G. What's up? Hello, hello, hello. I'm so excited that you agreed to do this podcast because you know what? I was really going back and forth trying to decide, okay, am I going to do a podcast? When am I going to do it? What am I even going to talk about? And you know what? I'm just such a such a doer, such, such, a, such a go-getter. I'm like, you know, let me just do it. You know, even a lot of people who, who do podcasts, they're like, you know, just, just do it. If you're hesitant, just, just get started. And so that's what we're doing. And I was just like, you know what? <laughs> Brittany G would be the perfect person because... I was like, okay, who is going to be my audience? Who are my listeners? So we're at thegodcollection.com. And this is one of the most popular sites. And it's because there's a blog on the website. And it's basically a comprehensive Bible study. And a lot of people, they visit the site to read the Bible study. So I'm like, okay, what what's going to be good for the visitors that are already coming to the website and I was like you know it's perfect to dedicate this podcast to Christian artists and aspiring artists because I just believe that a bigger platform is needed so I met you in the church the very first time that you caught my attention is when you were doing poetry at the young adult ministry so so yeah so I want you to talk to me a little bit about your background like how you ended up in the church to the point where you were doing poetry for me to even see you that day yeah um well oh that's a good question um well I think ever since I was little um writing was like therapy It, it still is Writing is my therapy, and I found myself, like, locking myself in the bathroom to just, like, get it all out and put it on paper and um, really just find that time to communicate with God. And growing up, I didn't really know what I wanted to pursue or do, but um, I always knew I wanted to do something with, like, entertainment or, like, healing or, like, um, being on stage and, like, using my voice. Because I realized, like, how powerful, like, your voice is. And even Dr. Maya Angelou has talked about that, how um, she realized how powerful her words are and how powerful her voice is. And I was thinking, like, okay, the acting, the music, like, okay, yeah, it's, it's acting, it's music, it's several things. But for some reason, like, when I would write a poem and, like, it's like I just put everything in it and just went off. Like, <laughs> like... And um, I remember, I think someone asked me to do, like, I think someone heard me. I don't know how they heard me. <laughs> but when someone heard me or, and um, asked me to do a poem, and, yes, yeah, so I just got up there freaking out, shaking in my boots. Oh, yeah. yeah. Where? Yes, I didn't even tell. Like, when I saw you, I mean, you just really commanded my attention. Yes. Let me tell you, because again, it's like one of those things like your gift that that you kind of, you know, you have, or you know, this is what you do in your God time or your time with you, just you and God, but like sharing it for like other people to see, it's like a whole nother level. So I'm like, oh my God. So I got up there freaking out. I probably had a piece of paper because I still to this day, like, 
you know, I, I get nervous about remembering my words or whatever, uh, especially, like, performing in front of people. <laughs> but, but, yeah, like, I think once I did that, then it was kind of, like, out there, like, oh, okay, she does it. She does poetry. She, okay, it's something there. Yeah. And, you know what? and it wasn't until after that that we started talking and just we just started seeing you more. I didn't realize that you you rap and you sing, and I was just like, oh wow, I mean, this is this is like my soul sister right here. Like, this is someone who, who's so creative, who's doing all the same things that I'm doing. And I was like, you know, I just I just had to get to know you. So since this is a podcast for for Christian artists and aspiring artists, a lot of things that we deal with is writer's block. So what are some of your your tips or your tactics on how do you overcome writer's block? You know what? I, I really think like it hit me this year because um, I, I would say like I'm struggling. I can't write and people will call me to do like different um, to work on different projects. And I'm like, I can't write now. Like I don't I don't have anything. Like, I have private block, and I kept saying that to myself. Then I realized, I think it was this year um, and last year, I, I know a lot of us got, like, a lot of different revelations about ourselves this year in 2020, but I sat down, and I'm like, what's going on, God? Like, come on. Like, what's this? I know, like, this is my heart. This is what I'm supposed to do. You know, I love this. So what's, what's the problem? Like, just kind of mad and disappointed with myself, and then I realized, like, Every time I sat down to write something, I wasn't, I, I, I sat down thinking, okay, it's going to sound like this. It's going to be like this. And then I would beat myself up because I'm like, it doesn't come out this way. Then I had to remember from when I first started, when I first fell in love with um, writing. And then I was like, wow. Back then, I wrote whatever. I just wrote exactly how I felt. And then it turned into something. But I didn't overthink it. It just, well, and I'm like, oh, come on, this whole time. So I feel like writer's block sometimes is us overthinking or trying to make our next project, our current project, sound like something from the past. Well, that's good. Like I like how you said that uh, you were just writing how you feel because mm-hmm. because that really helped me. I remember that um, you and I actually attended a, a music seminar at the City of Refuge in Gardena, California. And I remember one of the artists that were there, that was there on the panel, he was saying, you know, if someone has writer's block, he he said, just start writing. Don't worry about trying to rhyme. Just talk about what's on your heart, what's on your mind. Just put it on paper and you'll work it out later. And I heard a, a similar tip. Yeah, I heard a similar tip from BMI. So, so I'm affiliated with BMI. And... I sign up to their newsletters and I'm always getting emails from them and tips about writing. And so I highly recommend it to, to anyone who um, just to see what what kind of resources their publisher has out there. Um, BMI is a really good one. And they were giving tips about how to write a hit song. Mm-hmm. And there's there's certain ingredients that it takes to write a hit song, but most of the songs that are top songs are the ones that really connect with the people because they're real and the stories are honest and it's authentic stories in those songs. And I think that's one of the greatest ways to overcome writer's block is to first think about what do I want this song to be about? I think that is important. And then just start writing. And it it comes from a very real place where we do have to tap into what we're feeling. 
and what's on our heart at, at that time. And it can be a mix between something that we've been through in the past, something that we're looking forward to in the future or whatever, whatever mess we're in at the present time. I think that's something that connects with the people on such a, such a deep level because it's real. And I think the audience can really tell and appreciate that. That's so good. And just by you saying that and sharing those pointers and those tips, it made me think about even when we're writing, like it's a process. So sometimes like we're writing something and we think like, oh, this is just the end all be all. Like, no, it can be a drive. You can write it out, take a moment, go get something to eat, go some, to some, go get something to drink, watch a movie, do a dance, listen to them or whatever, and then come back to it. Like it's, it could still be like a rough drive. Like, you, you know, know what? Yeah, and you know what? And I think sometimes we get in the zone, too. Like, I remember the rapper Redman said this one time. He said once he starts writing a song, it's like he just has a flow going where he's just writing songs every day, back to back. And I noticed that, too. I started writing poetry. And I after I heard him say that, I'm like, okay, let me just challenge myself. I wrote one poem one day. I'm like, let me see if I can write something the next day. And after that, I was kind of on a roll to where I was able to write more and more. And I, And I think it kind of has like that snowball effect for us so once we get started i mean those creative juices just start flowing that's so good that's so good yeah now i remember okay so you said that when you were performing that poem and i saw you i mean looking totally confident up there at the young adult ministry when you were when you're doing your spoken word but you said that you were shaking you were nervous so I want to know, and I couldn't tell, but I want to know, so how do you boost your confidence to get up there on stage in front of a crowd, in front of people that you know and people that you don't know, and they don't know you yet, and how do you get the confidence to perform your music and to perform your spoken word? Oh, I think there's two things. Because when I'm thinking about confidence, I think about something that I struggled with this year. Like, I literally wrote down and I think we probably talked about this before. Oh, my God. I wrote down all the good things that I liked about myself. And I wrote down all the negative things that I don't like about myself. Oh, wow. And I dealt with it. I dealt with it. Yeah, I'm like, come on, girl. Like, we going to deal with this today. Because I, you know, I want to grow. I want to flourish. I blossom. And you know, being an artist and feeling like you have so much for the world and so much to give. So I think for me, I took the time out to really self-care, what's that word? Self, um, I guess, analyze, think about certain things that I like and I don't like. And I also know for me when performing, since I do feel like it's therapy and music is therapy and poetry is therapy, I'm performing. I have in my mind that sometimes I'm doing my music afraid or I'm doing, I'm performing afraid, but it's like this beast mode that happens like, even though I'm doing this to fail, like I'm proving myself that I'm I'm about to I'm gonna rip it up. Like I'm about to do this. Yeah. So I kinda go into like a whole nother like beast mode, but it's like me going against myself, if that makes sense. Like, cause you know how they yeah. say like your greatest um enemy is your inner me or like those mm. negative thoughts or whatever. So when I get on that stage, I'm like, Oh, like yeah, like I'm about to I'm about to go off. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's very big of you for one to, and I know really challenging to to write down the things that you liked about yourself. But one thing I've never heard are to write down the things that you don't like about yourself. Now that had to be 
a crazy experience. Like, what was that process like just when you were looking at that list of those attributes that you wrote down, the things that you liked? How did you feel after looking at that list and reflecting on it and the things that you didn't like? How did you feel looking at that and how did you address those things? Wow, that's an amazing question. You better get deep because um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I think looking at all the things that I didn't like, I'm like, forget the good things. Like, okay, looking right? at the things that I don't like. Yeah. Right? It seems like that holds a little bit more weight for some reason. Yeah, it's like, if only I could get rid of these bad things. I looked at those things and I'm like, okay. Some of those things are kind of superficial, like outward appearance. And some of those things I felt were inner things that I had to deal with. So, like, for the things that were more outward, I'm like, okay, I want my hair to look, you know, being a woman. Even, I guess, men deal with this, too. I want my hair to look like this, my skin, my body, or whatever. I didn't know. But um, I'm like, okay, what can I do now? Okay, start drinking some water. Okay, start pampering yourself more often. Okay, take time again, a time out to just care about you. Like you know, take take a moment, like just breathe or whatever. I would say it was it wasn't just like one day, but it was like an aha moment for me to continue to do that more often, so I can mm. celebrate like those good things about myself. Are oh, I'm gonna celebrate that I drank more water today. Oh, I'm gonna celebrate that I woke up a little bit earlier. I'm gonna celebrate like you said earlier about okay. um, if I feel like I have right whatever, I'm just going to start. I'm just going to flow and see how that goes. And like you said, like, you'll see, like, it's a snowball effect. Like, as you continue to go, like, you're growing. Like, oh, it, and now it's growing. Like, okay, I'm back in my zone again. So I think, again, like, um, looking at those negative things, I'm like, okay, who cares? I don't care if my hair is down to my knees. What I do care about is just being healthy because even if it's short, even if it's to my ears or to my to my shoulders or whatever, I can rock it in any style as long as I feel like it's healthy. And I think for me, I stopped looking at, like, how making something look perfect or making my house or my car or whatever look perfect and just appreciating what I do have and just, just making sure that I'm healthy because, for me, that's what matters the most. And that's so important to not only talk about image and some of the pressures that we have as women, especially as artists in the industry, people do expect us to to look a certain way, but also we put some of that pressure on ourselves to look a certain way. And hair is, has always been a big deal in not only the African-American community, but in so many other communities where women have all these secrets for, for long hair growth and all that. And, and you're right that short hair can also be healthy hair. And it's important yeah. to, to spread that message. And it's interesting that I've done research before and found out that men are one of the biggest consumers of these these beautifying products. So it's interesting. So you did mention that, um, you know, men go through this, too, and they do because they, they are one of the biggest consumers of self-care, skin care, hair care, like body stuff. I mean, <laughs> I was surprised to see that, that men are really interested in that, too. Um, but it is but it's it's good that you said that you were able to grow even when you looked at that list of negative attributes because some people might see that and and beat themselves up about it and and be stuck right there and then there's some and then there's some who might not even be honest with themselves to even list negative things 
about themselves. They might just be like, okay, I got it all, all the way together. I don't, I don't have nothing negative about me, which confidence is great. Yes. You, know? <laughs> you know, but there's always room to grow. And I think when you were able to be honest with yourself and celebrate those small victories by, you know, saying, hey, you know, I just, I drank more water today than ever before. I mean, it's, it's so important because sometimes we just overlook those those small things that really should be celebrated because it does add to our growth. And in your case, it was adding to your physical health and wellness. Yeah. You don't want to take that yeah. for granted. So about your artistry. Now, we talked about this a little bit before. So I want I want to talk more about how can you be content with your identity in the music industry or even being a Christian, being saved, how can you be content with your identity without comparing yourself to others? I think a lot of this has to do with background and who's in your house, your friends, your family. I remember you were telling me a little bit about how you had family members who, who were outside when you were saved and you might have been kind of torn between those two worlds. Okay, you're you're in the church, but you also have these influences from from those who, who are outside. So how can you not only know who you are, but be content with your identity without making those comparisons between is it comparisons between your salvation and, and your walk with Christ and comparing it to those who've been in the church, born in the pews, basically? Or comparing yourself between, okay, you're saved now, you're in the church now, but then you see your friends and family who are still outside. You know, it seems like it is kind of tough to be caught up in in between those two worlds. So how do you find your identity and and be happy with it? This, I'm telling you, this is something that I struggle with for a very long time. I think um, also with self-reflection, we're very visual people, um, beings. So we look around, it's like, okay, I like I like this, or I like how she's doing this, or this style, or whatever, or, you know, like, and I think with our experiences and places we've traveled and, like, different diversities, we can kind of take on certain these certain things, and it kind of adds to our character or, like, our style or, um, you know, it just helps give, like, more insight to, like, who we are or what we're becoming or what we like, but sometimes like um not even sometimes i think that we're so unique as humans and we're born like to just be different and to be light that literally sometimes being light can make you feel uncomfortable because like if i walk in a room and everybody is looking a certain way dressing a certain way speaking speaking a certain way and i'm different it's like okay should i what do i do should i should i mute myself should i like what do i like, I, you know, so I think it was something that I battled with for a long time. And then I would look at a lot of my struggles from my past. or like, okay, I have some family members who are just straight hood. I have some family members that are doctors and professors and all this. And I learned to appreciate the different aspects of my family and my upbringing. Like, I, lo- I learned to appreciate the different diversities and um, things that I've experienced. And I'm like, okay, God placed me in this like around all these different diverse things and music and people for a reason and and also like it it kind of gave me more insight 
nobody should be just like one way. I, I think I think it's kind of boring being like other people. So so you being different and other people, the listeners who are different, embrace your uniqueness because you can step in a room and we can all be doing the same thing or dressed a certain way and we see you in and you're bringing the light in the room that we're in. So I think we need each other and we need each other's uniqueness. I agree. And I think, and I remember before we were talking about how some of that even means forgiveness. Like there were certain things that we had to forgive, maybe in the people that were around us. And oh my God, yeah. So, so what was that like? Okay. So after, after you were saved, you have family members who were, you know, in the streets, you, you learn to appreciate certain things about them. So in that process, was there anything that you had to forgive about, about whatever, whatever lifestyle they had or however they raised you or the influence or the impact that they had on your life? Did, did that include any kind of forgiveness to where you could finally accept and appreciate who they were? Yeah. Um, I think ultimately, like growing up a little bit of my story is when I was um, three years old, my um, step-uncle murdered my grandfather in front of me. And oh after that happened, my uncle, my dad's youngest brother was in the bedroom. And he came out and he saw what happened. And he chased my uncle off the house and shot him down while my grandmother was running down the street carrying me. So, like, me growing up and feeling like, okay, this is just how it is. Like, this is how... I was brought up. This is what I saw at such a young age. I'm just, this is my identity. This is who I am. And then I would kind of like beat myself up as well. I'm like, dang, I should have done. I'm three years old. How am I going to stop it? Like, so I just realized like I'm a teenager and in my twenties and all of this at the time thinking like still blaming myself for like certain things. And I'm like, girl, like how, like, oh man, it, it's so crazy. But I will look at that. And yes, it messed me up. And for years, I was thinking like, this is just my identity. This is the part of who I am. And my life is just going to be messed up. I would I would carry that around. And it spilled over into like every area in my life. And I was kind of like just making my life more toxic because of that. But then I think, again, with that self-reflecting and taking the time out and also with therapy, y'all, because ain't nothing wrong with therapy if you need it. Come on. Like, <laughs> But yes, talk to people about it. It's just oh, to write wow. it out, but talk to people about it too who have wisdom and who really care about you. But um and if you feel like you don't have anybody with wisdom or that care about you, reach out. Shoot, reach out to us. We got you. But well, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I mean wow. I mean, I'm so sorry that that was your experience at such a young age. You said you were three at the time? Yeah, three and a half. Wow. Mm-hmm. I can't even yeah. imagine what it would be to witness that. I mean, some people think that, I mean, you know, kids maybe can't even remember something like that. Or sometimes it's something so traumatic, we might even block it out. How were you able to move past that? Like, what what age were you? Were you finally like, okay, I forgive what happened. What I saw is no longer traumatizing me. Was it after you started seeking therapy that you were finally able to to move forward? Or is it something that it's still a part of you that you're going to continue to to think about this and remember this i honestly feel like it was literally just a couple years ago where i realized like Brittany, like 
it's not your fault. Just like anything that happened to you or that you experienced and everybody else, like, it's not your fault. Yeah, it may be a, a part of your past or your story, but what for? Like, what can you what can you do? And the crazy thing is, part of that is the reason why I ran to writing for my healing anyway. It would lock myself in bed. So I'm like, that's so crazy how things work out. And also because of that, like, I have more of my my heart is drawn towards people who have experienced like trauma and like dealing with like identity issues. And plus I also look at like the things that I am thankful for. Yes. I have a mom that was there like exposing me to different things. They're saying like, no, you ain't about to go to school up in this hood. Like you're going to be out, you know, like just taking me around. So mm-hmm. I just look at like different things and, uh, they say, like, it takes a village to raise a child, like, literally, whether it's your professor, your school teacher or whatever, somebody you randomly meet on the street or somebody at church or whatever. Like, different people can contribute to, like, the different great things about you to kind of help you see see yourself in a, in, a, in a better mirror, like, in a new light, especially if you keep, like, repeating to yourself that you're a failure or you messed up. Yeah, and I think it's so important to reach out, just like you said, because there are support systems available. And I w- and I'm a big advocate for for therapy. I mean, just recently, I got my master's degree in psychology with an emphasis yeah. in life coaching. So, and I'm so excited about that. And I would highly recommend if anybody needs support for for whatever it is, whether you're dealing with domestic violence or abuse there's a support system out there for just about everything you can think of and it's important that everyone knows that they're they're not alone in whatever it is and I think some of us sometimes we we hold things inside we're too embarrassed to talk about what happened but it's it's so interesting to discover how many other people can connect with our story and identify with what we've been through and so I'm definitely encouraging anyone who needs help or needs resources to go online do a do a google search type in keywords and, and I promise you you will be able to find support resources and you can also visit thegodcollection.com to get in touch if you need psychology and other support and even prayer yeah well that was deep okay wow and I, I want to thank you for sharing that Thank you. With me and the audience. And on that note, we're going to take a quick break to listen to some music. So stay tuned. Check it out. It's the First Fridays podcast at thegodcollection.com. See me when I'm winning, love the way I talk, you hear how I get it, I step first to death, design the way I'm living, had to change it up, he sees the way I switch it, call me holy now, trying to be sinless, classy little ratchet, no longer in my savage, get your hands up off me, I'm changing all my habits, searching for salvation, get it, gotta grab it, love the way I walk, love the way I walk, love the way I walk. Uh, yo, what we talking? You ain't saying nothing but TikTok. You so big, believe in the same coffin. Say what you want, but I'm locked in. You want the rewards, but never clocked in. Opportunities missing. Are you knocking? For IG likes, you lose your soul. I stay in the freezer, but never got cold. Rough days to make you go psycho. 
it wasn't for him, I let the pop go. Show me an atheist in a fox Not at all. Just stop, bro. I'm a handsome shepherd while she flock. Cash out. Let her wear away. Chilling with the fam, though. I get it. It's cool to get the fast cash on the paper chase, blowing through it, but it won't last. Fake friends start acting funny, never going nowhere, nothing move but the money. They stagnant. I like to keep it moving. Haters always catfishing, seeing what I'm doing. Missing facts about their own gift, plotting like raging, like they only have one wish. I'm out, cause I don't really do this. When you see red, watch my heels with my shoes. Okay. available on SoundCloud because shout out to all the listeners. You just heard a brand new single by yours truly, Ali Don, featuring Cash and NJ. The song is called Love the Way I Walk and it is available on SoundCloud right now and look out for it on all the other streaming platforms. It'll be available in a couple of weeks like a YouTube title, Apple Music, you name it. All right, so we're back doing our interview with Brittany G and I want to thank you for being here. So we're going to switch gears just a little bit. And talk more about being a performer in in holy hip hop, being an artist. How do you know who your audience or your target market is? That's an amazing question. I think with when we think about the, especially for us business people, like okay, like the target market. Okay, if I'm doing this, like is it going to be for who is this going to be for? But I think for it's it's a little bit more. I don't want to say tough. For the artist, especially with an artist that's, um, I guess, more, or try not to, like, pull, like, a certain genre over, like, their art. Um, it's kind of tough sometimes to think about, like, okay, who's going to listen to this if I put it out? In all honesty, like, just recently I was thinking, like, dang, my I have a cousin who's like, Brittany, when are you going to put this out? Brittany, I'm going to be the first person to su- subscribe to um, your YouTube. And it's, I'm like, okay, there you go. That's the she's part of my audience, as an art, whatever. I have somebody that I went to the company college with, like, back in the day. And he's like, yo, Brittany G, like, let me know, like, what's <laughs> going on? You still rap? Like, where are you? 
Like, you you already know I'm a fan. So I think sometimes we look like, oh, okay, do we have all these followers and this and that? But sometimes we forget to look in our own backyard. Like, <laughs> you have to... So, and I, I think what helps me, too, like, the little... Like, I love the kids, and I feel like little kids and, like, little cousins and stuff who are rooting for me. And I'm like, whoa, like, we, we kind of look and think about, like, big arenas and this and that, but I think it's also helpful, like, if that person, that one person that hears you and start pumping you up and be like, look, I want to subscribe to everything, anything, whatever you put out there, I think we shouldn't take those people for granted. And along the way, we'll probably figure out more of, like, who our major audience is. But I also think, especially for like diverse artists like your audience is going to be diverse and also I was laughing about this I felt like I would I would kind of struggle with putting like an album together or a project together because I'm like it's so random I don't think everybody would like everything on this album so I will let that fear kind of hold me back from putting music out but then I realized like oh well they might like 10 songs out they might like one song out it at least that one song, like, hit hard and, like, helped them or inspired them. So I kind of just stopped doing that and just asked myself, am I okay with what I put together? And if I'm okay with it, then I'm, I'm yeah, it's just all good. Well, that's good. I mean, for one, just feeling good about what you're putting out there into the world as far as your music and letting letting your audience come to you naturally and and paying attention to who are who are day one supporters are and so how do you stay connected with your fans how do you make them feel special and let them know that they're appreciated oh that's a great question because i think um for me i kind of like this year and last year i kind of just got both I felt like there was a lot of um, self-discovery that I needed to do, and I kind of needed to go back to basics. It's, so that's something that I'm still trying to figure out. <laughs> Personally, I, yeah, I kind of went MIA, but I think it was ultimately for the best and to come out, come up with like better, better stuff, better art. You know, one thing that in my research that I've done is as a leadership quality where we we reach out to people who who we know, uh, whether they're, they're close friends or acquaintances and even co-workers, just to get personal with them, check up on them, especially at this time, since we're in a pandemic and there there are a lot of people who are struggling and there are people who have, who have lost people throughout yeah. this year. And I mean, it's so important just to check in with people and let them know that you really care about them. And I think that's that's a good idea, like just to find some kind of way for our day one supporters to just reach out and connect with them to say, hey, you know, I appreciate you. How are you doing? How are you feeling at this time? Like, no, no. How are you really feeling? Like, what what's really going on? You can open up to me. And, and I realized not only after learning that I started doing it, I realized how impactful it was because people started asking me for advice more often, checking in with me more often. Just by my willingness and my openness to to reach out, I'm getting it back in return. And it's really filling me up so much and making me feel good. Yes. Oh, I'm so happy you brought that up. Because that actually separates, like, there's tons of musicians and athletes and this and that, but when you see, like, that a person is genuine and a person really cares, like, if you see that person 
character, like that speaks value. Yeah. And that's so good. That's so good. That really shows like your heart to do that. Like even behind your music and your project and your businesses, you know, that people remember, I, I really think people remember like a person's character and yeah. like, a person's heart. Yeah, I was watching an interview with Ryan Leslie, music creator, songwriter. He was saying that he likes a direct-to-consumer approach as far as his music. He says that he has his fans' phone numbers. So whenever he has a project coming out, he's texting them and he's connecting with them. He's sending music directly to them. And that's how he's able to build a community with his target audience. And I think that's another method. So I think there are various ways to connect with the fans and on that personal level to let them know that you care and you're thinking about them. And it builds this sense of a supportive community that I think is really important for artists, especially, you know, the music industry can be so uncertain and so unstable and fans can be fickle. You know, one, one moment they're on you, the next moment they're off you. And, one thing I like is, and that I realize is that as soon as you put out music and people know you, no matter how long you go missing, you'll always still have your name. And you'll still have those day one fans who remember you. And I think it's good to just continue to stay connected with them. That is so good. Yes. I didn't realize that until I remember one day I was I was working at a radio station in Virginia, Hot 91, and I had to host a pep rally. And it was for a high school that was in one of the seven cities. And so much time had passed. And I remember one of the DJs at the radio station said a caller called the show during his show and was asking about me and said that she remembered me and wanted to know what I was up to and what was going on. I mean, she just remembered me hosting her pep rally. And I'm like, wow, I didn't even realize just doing this one event, how much it it impacted someone who was in the crowd. It was a big gymnasium filled with lots of screaming, exciting kids. And I was just enjoying myself just hosting the pep rally. But I'm like, wow, I, I, this is somebody who really cared about me and who wanted to reach out to me. I mean, so as, as a high school student, this was somebody with a young age that had that caring heart who wanted to connect with me. And that, that was big. And that's when I realized I'm like, wow. And I don't even remember how long ago I did that, that pep rally. I'm surprised that she even remembered me. And that's one thing I realized. I mean, even as, as fans of certain artists, we, we realize that like, no matter how long they've been gone, like we're excited when they drop a new project. And when they release something new. That's so good. That is so good. Oh, my goodness. That's so true. And you will never, sometimes you will never know, like, the people, like, you inspire, like, the people that you reach. Because even, even though I haven't talked to you in a minute, but I, like, I still think about you. And we talked about this the last time we spoke. I'm like, like, what the heck? Like, I thank God for people in my life who, like, are amazing as artists, as like producing, and not just like producing with music, which you do, but like producing other things, and like, girl, like you do like amazing things, and I, and I'm also really proud of you, I'm proud of you for stepping out, 
and doing all the things that you know you're taught to do. And also, congratulations on your degree, girl. Like, I'm, you. I'm really, I'm really proud of you, and I'm thankful for this conversation and and to call you my sister friend. I'm thankful. I'm really thankful. Well, I appreciate that. I, and I consider this um, a favorable connection. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. I'm excited. Okay. Well, thank you. Me too, because there's more to come. I mean, if anybody who knows me, they know just just watch out. Right. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, what is she about to do next? <laughs> okay. All right. So let me ask you this. Now, who is on your playlist right now? Like, who are some of your music influences like if someone were to look at your phone and look at whatever service you use to play music like who are like maybe the past five artists that you were listening to that's on your playlist oh okay that's 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 okay okay i know it's gotta be all gospel artists Okay, 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 okay. You, you want me to just say the gospel uh, part? How did... <laughs> <laughs> let me, okay, let me just... know. Let me know. Like, okay, who are the past? My, I was just telling my friend the other day, like, it's, it's crazy. Like, I think, like, the playlist, my playlist is so diverse. Like, I couldn't just leave it going, like, with just anybody in the car, like, little kids in the car. But, but the majority of the... And they start splashing holy water around your car, like what's going on? Girl, let me tell you, no, but it's it's straight up worship. Um, I listen to like a lot of um Christian rap, so like Trip Lee, Dizzle, One K Q, Lecrae, Sean Burgundy. I I I love uh, ooh, and um the Kingdom Music Town, Brian Trejo. Like I love my Christian rap. Um. But I do have uh, a thing for, like, 90s R&B, country, reggae, African music, and a lot of, like, instrumentals, and, like, girl, I got a little Beethoven in there. So, wow. but, uh, yeah. I'm impressed. Like, yeah, thank you. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a mix. It's a mix in there. Oh, and plus, I can't, I can't forget, uh, I can't forget the hood music. <laughs> I'm about to say because I think my musical taste is is way more ratchet than what you're talking about. I'm like, oh my gosh, should I even share? No, like I, I think I told you last time I talked to you. Like growing up, I think my first few albums I had all the Hot Boys albums. Um, I love like Dipset, My B, like Jay Z. You you know I know you like Jay Z. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> Yeah, girl, I already know. You know, it's, it's just a whole other level. I've been to your studio. I've seen it. Um, and plus, um, who else? I think, like, as a female artist, too, I would only really listen to, like, Foxy Brown, Lil' Kim. And um, I remember when Misty came out, I was like, Mama, like, what? Because this was the first time that I was seeing, like, a female, another female artist that wasn't just talking about her body. And like um like designer bags or whatever, like she was unique and like I love it. So yeah, yeah Missy, I think it's definitely <laughs> Yeah, Missy definitely bought a, a different flavor and a different look and the videos were always just epic. And it was good to have that. It was good to have that image in in female hip hop and just in hip hop in general, because people not only respect her creativity, 
but they also respect her her vision, her artistry, her work ethic. It, it's really incredible that that we had that example as a female MC to see what we can do. And and I also like that you mentioned Lecrae too, because Lecrae. I, I saw an interview with him and he was talking about how he basically had the same musical influences that we did growing up. You know, I'm an 80s baby. So, of course, I mean, you can only imagine like I was listening to Wu-Tang, um, Ghostface was one of my favorites, Red Man. I mean, I was listening to Little Kim, too. And I remember Lecrae was just talking about how he was listening to these artists, but he really wanted to be a Christian artist. So he had to be intentional and focused on his writing and his music so that it could be Christian music and holy hip hop. So let me ask you, so how with those influences that you had musically and growing up and even now listening to the hot boys and all that, how do you find your inspiration to write Christian music? Yeah. Um, I think, Ooh, I think, Honestly, oh, and I forgot to say, I love my Chicago rappers, too. Mm-hmm. I can't leave the Chicago rappers. Oh, yeah, like a twist uh, uh, Come on, yeah. Come through. Come through. <laughs> but, uh, but I think once I stop thinking that Christian music is only supposed to be played in the pulpit, it kind of freed me. I really thought about my call, and even though I don't, fully know like the full vision that God has for my life or like my identity I'm starting to enjoy the process and think about like our music as like literally ministry we talked about this I said I want to have some songs that they play in the strip club and a girl be popping to and then she's like wait what she just say? Like, I want to play this song back at home. To, like, she's speaking to me. Like, I, so I really feel like being a Christian artist means, like, we reach in, like, every area, every arena. Because it's, like, ultimately, it's our faith and our walk in God and, and understanding, like, our healing process. So I don't think that that should just be just for the church. We ain't in church all the time. Like, we go out, we do certain things. So I... I think, like, Christian music should definitely be fun, and it should definitely have healing and moving forward as its main focus. You're right, and you know what? Well, first of all, shout out to DeBrat, too, from Chicago, that she made a big impact on my life, too. That's that's honestly someone who I would model my rap style after, just the character that she had in her voice. I just love that. And her style, too, because I was a big cowboy growing up. Yeah, and you know, just the way she wore her hair with the twist, with the barrettes, the baggy clothes, like I, I was all for it. And I just, I think you're right. Like we're not in the church all the time. We are multifaceted. We have different levels to us, especially now. I mean, the church is closed, so it's like, what else are we really doing? Um, we are going to different places, and I like how you said you yeah, you want your music to connect to someone who is in the strip club. Now that is an unusual place for someone yeah. to to listen to a Christian artist or yeah. you know, holy hip-hop, you know. But like you said, I mean, that dancer might want to play that music back later and it could change your life. So it is important to make music that connects with people no matter where they are. I mean, just like Jesus, you know, Jesus was able to talk to people and connect with people and, and meet them where they are. And the saints, they're in the strip club. They are in the club club. 
and just to show our heart and show that we care. I mean, we can't put ourselves in the box and just stay in the church and only connect with people in the church because how are we even going to save souls that way? I mean, if the people in the church are you know, everyone is already saved. You do an altar call. It might be no one walking up to the altar call or maybe one or two people walking up to the altar call. But everybody here is saved. So we need to go out and connect with people elsewhere. I remember some of my friends, they thought I was so crazy one day when I told them I was at the drive through McDonald's and I saw a girl walking up to the cars behind me. There was maybe about four or five cars behind me. I saw a girl look like she was holding a pair of heels in her hand, walking up to each car, knocking on the windows. I was right off of Imperial. I was in L.A. And I remember I just there was a strip club not too far from there. And so I already saw what it was. I saw I was like, OK, she got the heels. OK. I was like, I don't know whether this is a hooker or a dancer. No disrespect. But I saw her knocking on each window. And I could just see that she's walking up to one car. Then she's going to the next car. Then she knows going to the next car. So she's approaching my way slowly. I'm like, I can tell this girl is coming my way. And I can tell that she's in need of help. And people are obviously turning her down. So she's going to each car. She comes up to my window and she asked me for a ride. She said that she had a really bad night. She just really needs a ride home. She's stranded. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, Lord, if I'm going to die tonight, you know, at least, you know, it's because I did something good for somebody. So at least, you know, my soul will be saved. You know, everybody will know I, I died helping someone. I think that's an honorable way to go out. So I just had to tell myself that ahead of time. I was like, okay, girl, you know, go ahead. I'm getting the car. And I drove her home. Now, what made me do that? I was actually just leaving a church service. I was leaving. I used to go to the West Angeles Church of God in Christ on Crenshaw and after service they would always ask who needs a ride home they would ask if a, if a man needed a ride home they would have another man or a couple drive him home and same with the if a woman needed a ride home um, who was going in your direction they would want you to volunteer if you're a woman to drive her home or a couple to drive her home and they're they're just so I was willing to take someone home from bible study that night but there just so happened to not be any women that needed a ride home that were that was going in my direction that day so I drove I drove home. I was really, I was right by my house at that McDonald's. That's why I pulled up. I stopped at that McDonald's on my way home. And that's when I saw her walking up and I already had an open heart to be willing to take someone home that night. I just happened to not have anyone who was going my way. So because that was so fresh on my mind and here we have it, an opportunity for me to give this girl a ride home. I'm like, let me just go ahead and do it. And it, the ironic thing about it was she lived over by West Angeles. So I was like clear across town, like all the way down on Imperial, like Hawthorne, and then had to drive all the way back. She lived right by the, um, West Angeles. So I had to drive all the way back to the other side of town where I just was to take her home. So that was the only thing. I was just like, really? I just came from over there. I'm driving back over there. But she was so grateful. And I was safe. Um, clearly, I'm still here. I made it. Uh, she didn't rob me after I, <laughs> after I pulled up at the house, you know. So uh, so uh, shout out to her if she's listening. I don't even remember her name, but if she's listening to this, um, I hope she's doing okay. Um, but my friends thought I was so crazy for doing that. But, but like you said, it's like sometimes it's like you just never know who we're going to be able to reach by being who we are and just having an open heart to care about 
someone else who's in need who might need not only to hear our music to be inspired to know that we're out here and we really do care about other people but they can see it in our actions they can see it in in the things that we're willing to do for other people and and even if that means risking your life for a good cause i mean i've known missionaries who've done that and I just really commend those who, who really have a, a heart to help others. And sometimes, I mean, not to say that you have to put yourself in danger and this is what we should be doing, but to not be afraid to connect with people who are outside of the church. Yeah. So let me ask you this one last question. So how important is it to give yourself grace? throughout your process everything that you've been through everything that you're doing as an artist sometimes we we just want to get to the finish line we want to have our big break our big hit we want to be a star and we're so focused on that sometimes we we forget about like you said celebrating the small victories so how do you how important is it to to give yourself grace throughout this whole process I think we have to do it every day. Because honestly, even with myself, like looking back and seeing like how far I've come from, like from being like a border, I was pretty much like a borderline border. Like that's a whole another part too, girl. <laughs> but uh, just holding on to things, finding like my comfort in things, or comfort in food, or comfort in, in, in anything. Um, but I think like seeing like where I've been, and also seeing like the um what you say, what the psychologists call it, the um celebrating the small victories. Yeah. Girl, yeah, I think once I learned how to start doing that, I was able to like give myself more grace. To see like where I am. No, I'm not perfect at all. I'm not where I wanna be, I'm not how I wanna look, I'm not doing everything that I wanna do. But I'm thankful that I can celebrate, like, certain things by getting up early in the morning. Like you said, like, even if we are, like, writing and we feel like we have that writer's block or we can't, like, finish a project or whatever, I'm thankful that I'm able to start and, like, go back to it. I'm thankful that my house isn't, like, a hot mess how it used to be and, like, being all depressed and staying in the house, like, sulking and beating myself up. So I think if we allow ourselves to self-reflect, often if not every day I would say like every couple of days (laughs) I think it's very helpful to do that I think so too and that just adds to our overall happiness so that we're not beating ourselves up that we we haven't met our ultimate goal yet but we're making strides and as long as we keep pushing forward I think that's the major key not giving up yeah but you we can literally look up and be like okay I'm not where I want to be but I also didn't give up Mm-hmm. But I can see that I'm still growing. I can see how I've grown from yesterday or like last year. So I think that's good enough. That's yeah. Good. Daily grace. <laughs> so good. Daily grace. I like that. I like that. Well, Brittany G, oh my gosh, that is a wrap on the very first Friday's podcast. I think we did a great job. <laughs> I think that was good. Okay. Now, before we go, just let the audience know how they can find you, what you have coming up next. I'm definitely going to start taking off running. But I was thinking the other day, I was like, okay, I don't even know. Even for the people who are, like, struggling with, like, names or, like, a title or whatever, I think also understanding your process is, like, seeing where you are now. And, like, the other day, I was kind of, like, being myself up, like, what's going to be your name? Like, what are you, like, okay, it's Brittany G, but it's, like, a million Brittany Gs out there, so I can't use that. 
So I was just like, thinking one day, like, Jeep. Girl, so literally, I just said, I changed my name to G, Brittany G. And I started posting a lot of my projects. Well, that sounds good to me. Now, are you on social? How can we find you I on am. social? It's G-E-E-E-S-H, Brittany, B-R-I-T-T-N-E-Y. And that's across all platforms. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I'm excited. And, you know, you and I have two songs that we have to finish. Yes. So we know those are coming. Yes. Those are definitely yes. coming. <laughs> we'll talk if, about that. Uh, yeah, we're going to talk about that real soon. We're going to talk about that, like, like, now after this podcast. All right. That's a wrap. Thank you for listening. Happy New Year. It's 2021. Let's live it to the fullest while we can still do it. Follow Brittany G on social media. It's G Brittany G E E E S H B R I T T N E Y. And you can follow me, Ali Don, on SoundCloud. You can check out the new song, Love the Way I Walk. And you can listen to this podcast there. And of course, you can always listen at thegodcollection.com.